I wanted to post or well find the gift because I don't know how findable it is, but from the movie when uh, I want to be like Jason Pominville right now and it's the Joker. I want I want my phone call. <laughs> I want my phone call. <laughs> oh God. This is how you spiral into oblivion. All right, here we go. And three, two, and one. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade, episode 113. And this episode will sound a lot like the ones you've heard for the last two years. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenezes, and as always, joined by Mr. Bill Shockey and Anthony Chandra. So, Bill, I mean, you had the uh, her telling Anthony and I this morning that you decided for some reason to torture yourself and go back through previous episodes to see kind of how those sounded leading up to this one to kind of get yourself in the mood. Am I, am I kind of right there? Uh, well, Chad, you see, I, <laughs> originally I thought it was going to be funny. You know, I thought I'd go back. <laughs> <laughs> Cathartic, if you will. <laughs> go back and take a trip down memory lane and, and, you know, listen to those old podcasts and kind of get ready for tonight. And uh, I think about 20 minutes in, I told you guys I was already regretting my mission uh, and dying on the inside listening to these. because <laughs> uh, So just for a, a sneak peek, Chad said, Pilot is going to be better than McCabe, Scandella, and even Bully you. And he's not even on the roster this year. <laughs> but he is, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. And then, so I mean, it just it goes downhill from there. I, I listened to basically right after the 10-game win streak. So it went from us saying they just have to play 500 to basically beg them to just please play 500 hockey. And uh, our episode of Don't Fall Off the Cliff, well, the cliff came pretty quick and off the off the clip they want yes i mean this is see the thing for bill and i is we kind of want to do these episodes we've done them before and this is you know, this is new territory for you Anthony. like you really haven't been i mean you, you've been a part of some pessimistic ones to start the season but nothing like the in-season exhaustion episode over 20 games in and i i remember re, i don't say regretting but i'm not looking forward to watching them play the minnesota wild tomorrow with zapagosian playing fourth line right wing so, mm. so it's kind of a, this, this is your chance to shine here. This is your, this is your moment <laughs> to make a stance. You know, before I was brought in, uh, you know, I kind of like a full-time basis to the show. I, I did like three or four guest spots with you. And every time I had like a rant kind of boiling in me, but I was like, no, I'm just a guest. I have to be respectful. I have to, you know, be, be a little bit more modeled now that, now that I'm in and you guys are married to me as the third host uh, i feel i feel a little more comfortable and and if it's all the same to, to you two fellas i do have a little bit of a rage rant to go on 
Uh, I, I think the timing is right. It feels right. And I felt angry pretty much all day, frustrated as a fan. So, so if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to kind of go off here a little bit because I'm, I'm just sick of it. So I want to talk first of all about, about patience, right? This is, this was the thing that all summer when me, you, Bill, anyone who is kind of pessimistic about the team, we, we had to hear about patience, right? And by extension, kind of since Botterill got here, this mythical Pittsburgh model that fans have just kind of been like puking at us on Twitter. Do you know what the Pittsburgh model is? It's riding two of the top five centers in the NHL while successfully adding contributors on value contracts to fill out your roster. Do not tell me that Jason Botterill is following that model. Okay, this started with this guy. He started with two of the most difficult things to obtain for a rebuilding franchise. He started with them. Jack Eichel was already here as his franchise center, and he managed to fall back ass words into Rasmus Dahlin, a generational talent on defense. Okay, he had those two key pieces, his two elite players. They were here. I mean, Dahlin was here a year after he got here. I mean, it was handed to him. Okay, it's part two that's the problem. That's the filling out of the roster with value. Find me one value contract on this roster with any term right now. The only one he's obtained since he's gotten here is currently slow cooking to a fucking crisp in Rochester, and that's Lawrence Pilot. (laughs) And while we're here, while while we're on the subject of Mr. Pilot, let's talk about him. Let's talk about this diamond in the rough that the Sabres actively and effectively signed from the SHL. Now, this isn't a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old Lawrence Pilot. This is a 24-year-old Lawrence Pilot. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Your second best left-handed defenseman is in Rochester at 24 years old right now because, God forbid, we would try to flip one of our 19 NHL-caliber defensemen for some forward help. They're dropping like flies out there. We got Zach Bogosian on the right wing. God forbid you'd ever part with a guy like Jake McCabe, our blue-collar, lunch-pail, roughneck, insert other tired, rust-belt adjective here, defenseman. No, but instead we double down on the guy, slap an A on his chest, and throw him on the top pairing because he throws a hit every five games. So he's gritty, and we need that. Okay, This is a guy he brought – Jason Botterill brought back everyone. Okay, He hoarded defensemen, he added Jimmy Vesey, and he called it a fucking day. And we said from the beginning, it just wasn't good enough, it wasn't going to work, and we had to be patient, though. Everyone said, you have to see what happens, you can't get mad before the season starts. Okay, Adds Jimmy Vesey for a third rounder instead of just bringing Jason Pominville back for a year at no asset cost. This is, by the way, the asset management genius, Jason Botterill, who covered the cap and was this you know, asset manager of the ages in Pittsburgh following the Pittsburgh model that he's done so well. But no, he, you know, this is a guy who instead keeps two full NHL rosters worth of defensemen and nine NHL caliber forwards and calls it a summer. But here's what's worst of all. This is the worst part of all, guys. We complained last year when this man sat on his hands and watched a team with a 93% chance at the playoffs just spiral into oblivion. We complained this summer when he did diddly shit to address the complete dearth of secondary scoring on this roster. And now the Sabres, our Buffalo Sabres, losers of eight of their last nine games, and the GM hasn't budged. He hasn't budged. He still has not budged. He's going up to the plate and striking out looking. But, hey, you know, he's looking for forward help, allegedly. So, so maybe he'll make a deal at the deadline when we're 14th in the East. Fantastic. 
everything this guy has done, or, or more appropriately, I guess I should say, everything he hasn't done is that of a guy who's been promised tomorrow. And I've said it on Twitter, and I'll keep saying it, by letting another year of Jack Eichel's prime, of Sam Reinhart's prime, Jeff Skinner's prime slip away, being content to kick the can down the road again, this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to be here in the summer of 2020. It, 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 he has to be. Why else? How else can you explain to me the complete and utter lack of urgency on his part? How? Because this guy has apparently convinced the Pagulas that it takes five fucking years to build a playoff contender despite the mountains of evidence to the contrary. Oh, oh, and by the way, in his three years, this developmental genius, in his three years here, what has he done to resack the, the prospect cover that Tim Murray completely deteriorated? Because he had to fix all Murray's problems that he caused, which, by the way, he did. However, in three years, the prospect cover looks just as bare outside of Dylan Cousins. Outside of Dylan Cousins and, and falling ass backwards into a lottery win like I talked about before. What has he done to fill that cupboard? So, yeah, it's definitely the Pittsburgh model. Definitely. The, that thing everyone keeps referring to resembles it completely, you know, despite having one ELC contributor on the horizon in Cousins. So, so what the, the patience thing, what am I being patient for exactly? What do you see coming up that I don't see here? Because nothing he's done remotely resembles what they did to build that team in Pittsburgh. And we're just pissing away the prime of our core players like Jack Eichel. And, and you know, th this whole we're building from Rochester narrative is hilarious to me because that team has experienced success thanks in large part to veteran assets and less so due to guys coming through the system and actually developing. So to anyone still preaching patience, I need you to explain to me what I am being patient for and why next summer has the potential to be, you know, this pivotal offseason for the franchise. Why do I trust this guy with all this money and all these assets coming off the books? His continued, continued inaction is unacceptable. In three years, he's done nothing to set this team up to develop inexpensive contributors like they did in Pittsburgh. The organization is in the exact same state as it was when Tim Murray took over, minus one Ryan O'Reilly, plus one Rasmus Dahlin. That's it. That's it. There's nothing that shows any inkling of Bottero's master plan coming together in, in any discernible amount of time. Prospects pull us thin, the big club can't score, and instead of seeing what we have in the young guys we do have on hand, we got Vlad Sabotka and Zemgis Gergensen who we had to bring back. We got Zach Bogosian skating as our 12th forward in practice because we need 800 NHL defensemen in case the locker room comes down with malaria. Yeah, definitely don't flip any of those assets, Jason. You just stand, Pat, let the franchise miss the playoffs for a ninth straight year in a league that is easier than any other league in professional sports to make the playoffs. You have to be, uh, you could be a tick below average and still make it. And last thing, before, before I end this rant, I want to talk a little bit about Ralph Kruger. Now, leading up to this season, and it was kind of in, in the heyday of us kind of saying, hey, this looks about the same as it did last year. This is the same roster, and we have a problem with these same few guys. Everybody said to us, well, we need to see what Ralph Kruger can do with these guys. Master motivator, Ralph Kruger was going to just pull some sorcery and speak talent into existence for veterans, half of whom were bad before they were on the Sabres, and the other half have been bad with two other coaches before him. Yeah, he was going to just speak talent into existence. Now, I'm not crapping on Ralph Kruger because this is Jason Bowderell's crappy roster, but I will give Ralph Kruger some crap for this. He's making the same deployment mistakes that Phil Housley made. He's got Sam Reinhardt attached to Jack Eichel's hip. We've got Colin Miller in the freaking press box, and he's managed to botch the one good thing that Phil Housley did last year, which was letting Rasmus Dahlin be Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, I'm I'm frustrated, guys, and, and and the reason I'm so frustrated is because 
even through the tank, right, even through the worst days of all this, I had hope, right? It reminds me of that Sports Illustrated article by Alex Pruitt when Terry Pugula said, hey, don't worry, we've got Jack. And I, I always kind of felt that way a little bit, right? Like, hey, we've got Jack, we've got Darlene, like th- this is going to work itself out. Right now, I'm not so sure it is. And I'm not sure I want Jason Botterill to be the guy to try and work it out. I mean, seriously, guys, if Terry Pagula has promised this, this man the keys to the car for 2020, then, then shame on him for not seeing the damage that punting another season will do to this organization. That's all I got. I had to get it off my chest because I'm, I'm just – I'm so sick. I'm so tired watching the same it's, – it's Groundhog Day. It's the same thing as last year. I'm wa- I could take my, some of my articles from last season – and just sub in Housley for Kruger, or Kruger for Housley in 2019 for 2018, and nobody would know the difference. And that's exhausting. Exhausting. I mean, that's – well, first of all, good job. And I think you had a lot of good things in there. So that's – I actually, believe it or not, I took notes as you were, as you were going, so I can <laughs> talk to a few things you brought up in there because there, there's a lot of good points brought up in there. It's – I think that's the most frustrating part, and it's <laughs> – like you said, I think I'll start there. Kind of where you ended is looking at you know articles you wrote last year and kind of just all you have to do is just change the coach and change the year. Well, yeah, because part of that is this general manager brought back the same roster. It's the same players. It's the same problems. Like it's just it it doesn't it doesn't go away. And it's I mean, but Chad Kruger was going to fix all these bad players. Didn't you know that? <laughs> it's. And, and you're right. You made a good point. Like, there's only so much like you can. And, and I'm not going to come down on Kruger. Like, there's only so much you can do with the roster he's given. I, I think Bottero right now owns more of that. There's something Kruger's on I haven't liked, but I, I'm not going to trash him here. I mean, the Darlene thing. I'm not going to go into it because I, I, I'm exhausted by the Darlene conversation. But I, I will admit that with what he said is legitimately scaring me. I'm afraid this is a coach who is. I, I'm not blaming completely all Darlene's struggles on him because Darlene does own some of that. But hearing him now say two or three times even that he's asking him to focus on defense and it's going to come at the cost of the offense. Like it's, that is just, that is scaring the daylights out of me. I, I, I uh-huh. watching these games, you can tell Brandon Montour, Yoki Haru, Dalene, uh, any, any guy, Miller, even, you know, that, that has the ability to carry the puck through the neutral zone into the offensive zone. They're not doing it. It's like they get to the red line, all of them, if you watch, and I pay close attention to, especially with the tracking that I'm doing lately, if they get to the red line and go, Oh, I got to get rid of it. And they dump it in. Like they don't keep going with the play. They're not, it just feels like you have you have a general manager who got these players for you to do a specific thing, and you're not letting him do it. And you, your team can't generate offense, and you're going to tell your 19 year old phenom who has these offensive skills that yeah, you know I get it, Rasmus, you have some good offensive skills, but let's try to focus on defense here, or let or maybe just let Darlene be him, and then we'll worry about defense as we go. Like he doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be some defensive stalwart. Eric Carlson is not some dynamite defensive player. Like he, he's good. He's all right in his own end. But where does Carlson make his, his heyday? Going up the ice and creating offense. Get this. When you have the puck in the offensive zone, that means the team doesn't have it in your end. When you're scoring goals because your defensemen are jumping up in the play, creating offense, creating rushes, creating opportunities, you're going to win more hockey games. Sure. Maybe there's going to be a player to a game in a defensive zone. We're going to go, east. that looked bad. Get over it. This is the play you have. Eichel has those things. I will live. I will live with Eichel going backhand to the blue line and giving the puck away and giving up a breakaway once every every 10 games. You know why? Because he goes out and scores four goals in a game and you win because of him. 
Yeah. But you just deal with that type of player. You deal with it. You deal with the mistakes because of the puck on their stick so much and they're so creative and that's just the player they are and you deal with it. Like, I, I didn't even expect to go on this route and I kind of just went down this road maybe I shouldn't have, but like it's... I'm a bad influence. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Bill like get in a little bit here because I have more, but I'll let Bill kind of... He hasn't talked really at all this podcast. I'll let him kind of jump in. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's it's what this podcast is for, right? It's, it's getting these things off the chest because it feels like the same damn thing again. And like how many times we have to do this and how many times does everybody have to watch this for us to see something different, for something different to even happen? I mean... <laughs> like you guys have said, it's it's putting the same guys in the same situation. I mean, how many times has Ristolainen been put out there to play 20-plus minutes a night his whole career, and it's just the team hasn't been good in this like the, in the, the entirety. I just – I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of like Chad said. Actually, when you brought it up, the last podcast, that you noticed that it seemed like all the defensemen are kind of stopping and uh, shooting the puck in right before they get to the blue line. I, I kind of was – like – it, it's literally everybody. Everybody is happening. Every single I think one. The one guy that that I notice kind of goes sometimes is Scandella. Right. I wonder if why that's maybe why that we're like not as mad at him so far this year that he's like he's he's playing better, but like he's the one guy that I've noticed like jumps in and sometimes goes with the rush. But you're right. Like everybody else that's a smooth skater or has some kind of offensive talent, just dumps it in and turns around and goes back the other way. And it's just I, I just I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand how how we're here again. I mean, and kind of one more thing too is it's funny. I was when I was listening back, there was a there was a part that I heard that you and I were talking about last year. And it kind of rings true again. It's when they get into these ruts, they don't like get to overtime. So like one way, obviously, that you can like kind of mitigate the amount of losses and not just plummet from first to out of the playoffs in what three weeks is, you know, take some games overtime, get some loser points. It's, last year we were talking about how, like, Florida is, like, the king of doing that. Like, they get the games overtime, and then they're always right there at the end of the year because they have all those loser points. For whatever reason, the Sabres just don't do it. Like, they cannot come back. They cannot, I mean, obviously, the Skinner won. They, I think, what, two of their last eight losses have gone to overtime? Like, yeah. And you just get a couple more of those, and then you're at least – maybe we're not having this conversation. We're probably still having this conversation, probably not as much and not as angry as they just, when they plummet, they plummet hard and they just like, they come out of winning streaks and they just like lose so many in a row that it's like, you don't, we don't even have a chance to like catch our breath. We had what two games in 14 days. And here we are. It feels like, you know, (laughs) just like immediately after the winning streak, and we're talking about a team that's on the outside looking in and, here we go, seeing if somebody will do anything to try and turn this team around. I mean, and then here you are now, right? I mean, you're in a 10 of 17 stretch, and like you have, I mean, you have Minnesota coming up here, and, and then after that, like you, we talked about it, like you have a gauntlet then. Like yeah. it doesn't get easy. Like, and you, you beat Ottawa because Jack Eichel scored four goals to you. You got beat up by the Blackhawks, and now you're going to go face Minnesota with. Bogosian playing on your fourth line and like your roster hurt because your GM won't make any changes. Like it's, it just, it get. It, I mean, like you said, it just, it's, it's every, it's the same things. I mean, you've said it a few times now. It's the, the offense is the exact, is the exact same. I mean, they're, look at their expected goals for per 60 this year, 2.14, 28th in the league. Last year, 2.20, 28th in the league. Expected goals against this year, 2.39, 18th in the league, 2.43, 18th in the league. Like, you're the same exact team. 
You are the same exact team with the same exact issues. Michael Skinner, Reinhardt have 17 of your last 25 goals going back to the second San Jose game. That's 68%. They have 10 of the 15 goals in this month alone. Nobody else on this team scores a goal. Nobody besides those three players. It's like it's like they're playing on this on the same line, but they're not. Like it's it's the same thing as last year because nobody else will score. It's you have Jimmy Vesey who has no goals, while Burkowski has eight and sixteen points. Connell, Brett Connolly has seven goals and thirteen points. JT Miller has eight and twenty points. I mean, like okay, maybe Brett Connolly didn't want to sign with you, but you couldn't. I think. What was the idea that VC was going to be good? Like, we decided to happen. Even the rumors were like, oh, God, don't do that. And, mm-hmm. like, it just – he's the same player, but he's not scoring, which is making him even worse. He's just – and then, not to mention, then you're going to tie that boat anchor to, to Middlestad and be like, man, why is it Middlestad producing? While well, he's playing with Lazar and freaking VC. Like, it, it's it's so frustrating. It's so aggravating. It, it's – the GM won't – do anything. Yes, he's trying to get a forward. I mean, you talked about it for a couple of weeks now, but like, Bill, I think you said this to me, like, what is it? Like, it, it almost only counts in like horse or yeah. horseshoes and hand grenades. Like, like, you have to get over the line. You have to make a move. Overpay if you have to at this point. You, you just, you can't let this team just continue to go down this losing eight of nine. Like, if they lose to <laughs> Minnesota, like tomorrow or today, if you listen to this, like, for you're in a world of trouble. Like you, you're, you have a lot of games coming up against a lot of good teams, and it's not going to get easier. And you're barely beating Ottawa because your best player scored you four goals. So, like, and, and your whole roster is hurt too. And then you're not going to fix it because you won't make a trade. And it's, it's an, it's just insanity. It, it's this is literally the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over and getting the same results. And they wonder why. Why do I get the same results? Because Rislan and McKay play the most minutes. Because I don't get anybody else to score goals in this team. I don't know why we keep getting the same results and being bad and being bad and not scoring, not generating offense. Like it's it's so simple. It's because you don't do anything different. This is why I talked about last week. Like just do something different. Like even if it doesn't work, like I, I don't I don't even know. Like it's, I it's anything. Like, <laughs> like I put five forwards on the power play or something. Just Try something different. Try to be revolutionary. Try to do something crazy. Like, I don't know, maybe get some numbers guys in your team and see how that works in your front office. Maybe that'll help you. Maybe you won't because sometimes that isn't right. And, like, Callum Miller is an example of that, but that hasn't worked. And, like, kind of Sherry, like, he, after a hot start, has kind of fallen off. So, like, some of the numbers don't always work. But, like, maybe it will because you don't do that before. Maybe that'll help you now. It's just I'm so tired of the same thing over and over and over again. And then what? They're going to finish sixth last in the league. Fire the GM, and then, oh, here we go again. Here comes another GM in. What, Eichel's third GM, like, in his career? Like, it's just it's exhausting. It's 20 games into the season, and I am just exhausted with this team. And it's just – it shouldn't be that way. It's, and it's the, – the crazy part is it isn't surprising. Where they are right now is not in any way, shape, or form surprising to me. If you heard me talk and the podcast before the season started, this isn't surprising. But it's just exhausting that it actually came true. And here we are, and nothing is happening. We're just going to let it go because we can't trade any defensemen because, God forbid, if one gets hurt in these next 17 days, we don't have 14 more to play instead. <laughs> but we're just going to let all of our forwards get hurt because, well, I don't know, tough luck. We'll just keep calling up guys from Rochester, calling up guys from Rochester until that goes. But we're now we're at the point where we're just playing Zach Bogosian on defense. Like, Zach Bogosian's back. 
No, you have another defenseman. This is crazy. Like, what do you... We didn't even think he was going to play all year, but here he is, middle of November. He's back. It's I, I don't even know. I don't... <laughs> you have to trade like three defensemen at this <laughs> point. It's yeah, so just ridiculous. It's unbelievable that he just can't see it or do anything about it. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's literally no trade out there for you to make, like just to get one out of here. Like, I, I don't even care at this point. Trade somebody for something just to remove a body or, or I don't, don't grab Brandon Peter either, you know, because mm, I mean, yeah. not, like you could have used him right now. So we'll just, we'll call up John Sebastian Dean. Here we go. Let's go D. Let's see how that goes against Minnesota. It's, Oh, I need a small break. It's, I can't. It's just this, yeah. this general manager is wearing it so much. No, it's almost like signing 50 defensemen and having nine NHL caliber forwards was not an effective strategy <laughs> exiting an offseason. It's crazy that that nobody, you know, anticipated that. You know, it's, you know, and the problem is too. He sat. Batterell has sat on his hands so long, and we predicted this. Rasmus Ristolainen, and there is no way he has more value now than he had this summer because they took him off power play one predictably, and his point totals have dipped predictably. So now he's just a below average defenseman who is on pace for twenty eight points. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. a guy now. So like the, this crazy return people thought they were going to get for him, he, it's not going to happen. So now they're doing the same thing, like you just said, throwing him out there as a top pairing defenseman, which he isn't. And it's so funny too, because Kruger was supposed to be the guy to to maybe change that, and he even talked about it early. You know, when he first got hired about Ristolainen's role, and it almost sounded like, oh, he realizes mm-hmm. that he needs a reduced role. I guess that all that meant was taking him off of PP one. Like, is that really all that he meant by that? Because that's really all that's happening, and. You know, like you said, we don't want to bash Kruger too bad because Jason Botterill literally handed him the exact same freaking roster. But at the same time, he's doing the same, he's making the same optimization mistakes that Housley made. So, I mean, you want to be mad at him a little bit. Like, that's justified too. He's not absolved of blame. I know it's only 20 games in, but he he's just, he's not doing the things that we thought he would do as a guy who was allegedly supposed to think outside of the box. I mean, the power play has not made a, like you just said, has not made a single innovation. They're O for their last 17 attempts on the man advantage. They haven't done a thing to change it. They're still trying to force it to Olivson. It's something I mean, that's so easy they don't do. And it's teams are giving teams are literally begging them to do it and they won't do it. It's to give Reinhardt the puck down low. Yeah. They're leaving him wide open, just giving the puck down low. He has the vision. He has the ability to try to, to find players right there. And Jeff Skinner who's one of the best net front guys in the game is in front of the net. Like just, Utilize that, but no, we're we're gonna we're gonna go high to low, high to low off the wall. We're gonna try to get one timer here, try to get one timer over there. Like teams have realized, have figured out you you want to go cross ice, so they're cutting that off. They've also right. figured out Victor Olsson is a really good shooter. They've stopped that. So like, like you said, just do something different. The penalty kill, do something different. You are terrible again, and it's it's the same formation, the same thing, the same players, and it's just here we go again and again and again and again and. Oh look, we got one in twenty-five. Maybe we'll get going now. Like it's, yeah. You continue. I had to jump in and say that. No, I mean, the only other thing I was gonna say is the penalty kill is still terrible, and they've made no changes on that. They still collapse down low, and it's funny too because like the first couple of games, I saw aggressive tendencies in the penalty kill, which I've been calling for, and I you know you've been calling for since the last season, and then they stopped. Then they went right back to the Housley method of collapse down low and stop the you know the the pass from from uh, you know 
through the slot. That that's their main focus. While they're letting, they're they're just not pressuring up top. They're not creating any potential. You know what I mean? Rush the other way. They're they're doing nothing innovative. And it's it's two times now. I feel like Sabres fans were sold a bill of goods, and there's almost like a, a misconception now that, well, these innovators aren't it. We need to go back to the old school way. It's like, no, these innovators just aren't actually freaking innovators. They're not doing anything innovative. That's Botterill as a GM in, in how he views roster construction and, and who he acquires. And it's Kruger as a coach. It's not that the innovation route isn't working. It's that they're, they, they're not actually innovative. Yeah. It, that's go ahead, Bill. for me though, right? It's, it's kind of like you said, I, I think, the, the most frustrating thing is, and you've kind of hit on it with all of these topics, is when we had the tank years, the hope was that you get a top player. When you finally get Eichel, the hope is, okay, now the team's going to start to build and, you know, we'll have something to look forward to. I mean, obviously, yes, like you said, we still have uh, guys like Eichel, Skinner, Reinhardt, Dahlin to look forward to, but the hope is kind of gone. It's like, who who are you going to – who are you looking for at this point that you think is going to pull us out? And I kind of brought this up a couple podcasts ago. It's if you're getting sour on Botro or completely sour on Botro, which you have mm-hmm. no, you know, uh, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? There's, there's no reason not it's, to be right. It's like a valid reason. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. And then, I mean, Kruger, like you said, he was brought in to be like this innovative guy. He's going to do all these different things, which he's obviously not doing at least up to this point. So it's like, where, where's kind of the hope? I mean, even if you look at Botchel's drafts, I know we talk about it all the time at NHL, you shouldn't be drafting for position or need. It should be best player available, but he's drafted a bunch of defensemen. Are you hoping Ryan Johnson kind of comes in here and like is really good in three years? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's the crazy thing too. Like, right? yeah, I mean, Samuelson and, and Johnson are your last two picks like late, like late first round or early second round and like Bergeron and then and, and Noel, Noel and like, like all those guys, Hoglander, like Yolanin, like all these guys are just all these forwards who are now some sort of dynamicness to them or some intrigue. Nope. We have Matias Samuelson who I haven't been an NHL player. Like I, I, I am so low on that guy. It's unbelievable. And Ryan Johnson, who's like Samuelson, I think is a better prospect. He's a better skater. So it's what I, I ever want to get to the draft stuff right now. Cause I guarantee the way this team is going, we're talking about a ton of draft nonsense like starting in like three weeks but <laughs> it's that's like another thing it's it's so frustrating and the, the lack of addressing of forwards does anthony match in his thing like you have cousins that's it that, that's, that's all it. you have at forward you have picard no. who's not nah, dude yeah he's gonna he, yeah i was just gonna say a bottom six the- guy asplin's <laughs> a bottom six guy davidson's a bottom six guy all of these guys all of the forwards you have are all bottom six guys but you don't even – all you've ever had is bottom six guys. Like, it's, it's insane. I wonder how you could go get top six guys. Maybe <laughs> use those three first-round picks you had or go trade the 25 defensemen you have. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, Picard is just going to grit them to success, according to some people. Oh, he, it, he, <laughs> yeah, it's just – I can't even – I just can't even do it anymore. Like, I, I can't – the crazy part is, is your promising players outside of Cousins are freaking defensemen. Yep. Like you, it's just. I mean, he drafted what seven of them in his first draft. Yeah. And then it had to get another one in the first round the next year with Ryan Johnson. It's just, yeah, he's he's just in the NH at the NHL level and at the prospect level, he is just gone full in on D and completely ignored his forward group. But I don't know why they can't score goals though. No idea. And then you got your coach telling your best offensive defenseman to play better. Defense. Right. Right. And and you could make an argument 
you may not be, you don't know for sure if it's true, but you definitely can make an argument that he's restricting your other creative defenseman that you got. The one you spent a first round pick on last deadline. It's, it's so, that's so ass backwards, this team. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I honestly, like, I, I, I understand the point of defense and that's how every NHL coach is. But like, Bill and I, we've said this before, like, I, I rather, yeah. I rather lose games five to four. <laughs> Just stop restricting players that are creative and can make watching your games that most nights are terrible to watch interesting just stop like it's like like, like you watch other games like Cal McCarr taking the puck and there we go we like do you think like <laughs> Bednar is like hey stop that like you know defense like <laughs> five goals for rookie how dare you yeah like, like, <laughs> it's just Quinn Hughes is another one he's not the best defensive player right now but he's generating offense for them and look how that's going for Vancouver who you know was is doing pretty well, so it's. Oh, it, it, I tell you, they they ruined Darlene some way. I, I might, that might be it for me. Like I, I might hang up my skates in in terms of covering this team and like being because I just, it just it's just a no brainer, can't mess up thing, and just, you're just gonna take him and be like, go play defense. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> could the kid look more uncomfortable right now? Right, and this whole thing more uncomfortable. That's the thing is, is, people keep telling me, "Well, it's on him too." Well, definitely on him. But the, the thing is, it's it's all in his head. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's carrying people shot. in his head, like telling him to, to not do things. He's fighting his instincts that got him to where he is, and that's what making him to react slow. That's making him to get the puck off his stick quickly, which is never good because he just wants to get it off. It, mm-hmm. It's just it's making him play slow and tentative and not carry the puck and not go because in his head he's hearing defense, defense, defense. Don't turn the puck over. Play defense. Get the puck out. Make the safe play. Like that's seriously like turning Dalene into Andre Sakara is going to be the just the worst thing ever. Just watching this poor kid devolve as coaches try to like turn him into something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just bad. It's just right. so bad. You know, I mean, you want to be better defensively. Find a, a good defensive defenseman to slap on, on his right side. Right. That's how you can fix that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I think you might have that one. Like just. Yeah, no, he's in the first <laughs> box chat. Actually, we don't have. It. I was gonna say I'm almost positive you can find one. <laughs> on this yeah, you, you got 48 of them. But I think that's kind of the where it kind of has come to a head. And now I'm starting to get really worried. Is as soon as that picture came out of like Ico hugging him, oh my god, right? This is not good. Yeah, it's and the, the crazy part is is that game. Like, I, like, I, like I'm not against sitting him for like a period or ever, but. Like, if that's the game you're gonna do it, I mean, like, he wasn't even really that bad in that game. <laughs> like, he's had much worse games than that one, and that's the one you're gonna pick. That's that's kind of crazy to me. I guess I guess you could say. And, and, and the funniest part of that might have been like they sat him the first shift he was supposed to play, but McCabe was out there instead. You know, they scored the tying goal. Like it's oh, well, that, that worked out well. I mean, again, they got bailed out by Jack Eichel, but it's I, I kind of wanted that to blow up in their faces. But you know, Eichel saves the day once again. The only thing that's going to save the Sabres day and their season is if UPL's 95 save percentage can translate <laughs> to the NHL. <laughs> that's that's the much. other piece too. Like, I hope I, hope I don't ruin that kid by fast tracking him. Like, I, I just I hope somebody locks that kid in a room somewhere and like won't let him go anywhere past Rochester because that, that's my next fear. Because your goaltending is starting to at least Hutton over Allmark. Allmark's still playing well, but Hutton is starting to like regress back a little bit, and it, it's. You know, we've said it numerous times now over the last few weeks is how you beat the numbers is your power play is good and your goaltending makes saves. Well, the power play's gone away, the goaltending's gone away, and here we go. Lost eight of nine. Like, it's 
you're not going to get that. You're not going to win a lot of games. And the games you are going to win, it's going to be because Eichel, Skinner, or Reinhardt scored a bunch of goals for you. They outscore the other team, and that's how you won. This is literally just a conversation from last year. That entire three sentences you said is literally. <laughs> it really is. We just we cut audio from last year's episode and just put it in here. I mean, nobody would know the difference, right? I mean, it's right. It's sad. What are you going to do? As I'm looking at a thing from Sean Tierney, you know, that has Kel McCart at the above of you know goals above replacement right now. <laughs> Whatever. Just depressing us all around me. Good I just love hard. watching teams that started their rebuild like three years after us, like be playoff contenders. And can we also me- can we also mention how how uh, New Jersey sent a a diminishing veteran down to uh, the minors today? Crazy. How uh, the Islanders did it last week That's with Andrew Lad. Yep. yep, and the Canadians did it with like three guys at the beginning of the year. Amazing. Yep. Amazing so they can play their that. younger players who have who are you know who can kind of give them maybe some more offense or be more successful. No. But, you know. yeah, the, my biggest fear is that Botterill's going to get twenty twenty and then proceed to re-sign every depth player again. To another <laughs> one year deal. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm. I'm literally only maybe fifteen percent kidding. <laughs> Just gives them all a million dollar more. Good job. Everybody. All right. Well, I know we have a lot of questions, so. We're probably so ready to get our to get our quick break in here, a thirty second break. So, well, before we hit the break, do you want me to run down how uh, Sabres Twitter is feeling? Because I could, we had a lot of questions, but I can knock out a bunch of them with just how they're feeling. Because a lot of them are just. I well, was why don't, for the last why hour. don't we do this? Why don't we all get? Why don't the three of us get our breath? <sighs> Take a little breath here in the thirty second break, and then we'll get fired. Sabres Twitter fired up. Like we'll, right. we'll do it that way. All so. Right. We'll take our quick first, our only commercial here. Be back with you in 30 seconds. You're listening to Beyond the Blade on the SB Nation Podcast Network. All right. Welcome back. So, as per usual, uh, the second half of the podcast here will be driven by you, the listener, who, according to Bill, is, I don't want to say a weird state, but kind of maybe in the same state that the three of us are in, if you're listen, no, listening to the first half of this podcast. So, Bill, uh, I said before the break there that you can give us a quick feeler uh, oh, yeah. of the exact mood of, of Sabre's Twitter right now. All righty. So, <laughs> I think you're ready for this, but quick rundown of Hyperture Trek of Sabre's Twitter. During a truck, can we seize the means of the team and let Chad be GM? Lazy Town, <laughs> is it too early to start talking about next summer's draft prospects? Yes. Zach, are you guys having fun? Because I'm having a fucking blasty blast. <laughs> Ryan, please, <laughs> Sabres ever be good again? Obi wants to know why. Dear God, why? Uh, Rob wants to know what it will take for 1915 or 1955 to be split up: apocalypse, nuclear holocaust, the plague, or a combination of all three. Alex wants to know what's happening with Kruger when Bottle gets fired this season. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel wants to know, is Anthony's doomsday bunker stocked and ready to go with enough provisions? While on the warpath, wants to know if he can get some fear bunker tips. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty bad out there, boys. I mean, I'll answer one question. If Bottle does get fired, does Kruger go upstairs? With no, no, buddy? no. I mean, I'm not saying he'll be the GM, but Pump them upstairs with the next GM pick another coach. If the next Fine. 62 are like the last 20, sure. <laughs> but you know what, though? If they are, like, why? Why? I just don't understand. Unless that was, like, talked about before the season. Why, like, if the, if he's that 
bad. Like, you know what I mean? If the team just regresses even further under him, like why on earth would they bring him up there? I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm I'm just working on the lines of, like he said before, he wanted to be an executive and then like, well, our executive's gone here. Let's bump you upstairs. Then we have this new GM Mm. come in. You can help him and we'll get a new coach in here that he likes and we can all... Yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, Pugula could think to himself, like, okay, so this is literally two coaches now with the same result and the same players. So this is the GM's problem. I could see that. All right. I talked myself into it. Getting out of ourselves. But all right. Back to you, Bill. Are we, though? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you want to get into the a little bit more realistic questions. (sighs) So let's start with Kevin. This question is, in your opinions, which we've kind of touched on, do the Sabres have more than one forward outside the NHL level who you would confidently project as a top six player? Mm, nope. Nope. Cousins. <laughs> that's it. It's Cousins and that's it. Uh, unpainted Huffians, do they realize that Dowling is not just another D-man and that their top priority should be making sure he reaches his dominant potential? Mm. Uh, I want to say yes, but maybe they're doing it wrong. I think they realize how important he is, but they might not be going down the right track. Like, that's just my two cents of it. I mean, I, I, I definitely like as much as we talk with the coaches and general managers. You know, I, I will say they're probably smarter than me. So, you know, I'll give them credit for that. So we'll see how this goes through twenty games. It's gone terribly for Darlene, Um, but we'll see. We'll get further with benefit of the doubt, and maybe we'll he'll turn out one day. But so far, it's it's not really his plan. Really, isn't working that well. Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else to add to that. That's, <laughs> I mean, they're trying to. It just seems like they're they're trying to make him something he's not, and there's no reason. Definitely feels that way. So let's jump back to the GM. James wants to know how much time does the GM get? Does he get at least the end of the season? Oh, I think he finishes the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, it, I think he finishes the season, but they also I think they have to be not bottom ten in the league to save his job. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I've been saying I think the sweet spot is 80 points. I think that's pretty much kind of, you know what I mean, the the, the point of firing or not. Um, but, man, he, like I said before, he's really not acting like a guy with a sense of urgency. Right, right. It's a scary thought. So maybe right. I'm wrong. Michael wants to know what, if reasoning if any, can you think of why Botts didn't make a move during the offseason to improve the top <laughs> six by and D-man? By waiting until the regular season, he's handcuffed himself and can't get premium value. Like you to choose one to go, Ristler or McCabe. Or you have three or four more that you wouldn't mind going either. Yeah, I mean, this is what Just we talked rewind, about. Right? Rewind the podcast. Right, we talked about this numerous times. As uh, I mean, people keep saying, "Well, wait until the season and trade Ristler." That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Nobody's going to trade you anybody. Like, you're not getting His value is not going to go up. We kept saying he was a depreciating asset after right. the summer, and then now he's on pace uh, for. I think it was 20, 28 points on pace for now. Yeah. Like, so GMs are going to look and every general manager in, in most teams in this league have the focus on points. They're going to pick up the paper and go, let's see where Salinan's is at. Oh, he has, what does he even have now? I don't even know. But he's zero right. goals, seven assists. Right. He has seven assists in, in 20 games. He was on pace for like 25, 30 points. Well, geez, that's not going well. What's the Sabres record? Maybe he's just not getting luck. Oh, the Sabres are terrible and he's playing top 10 minutes and, Oh, if they have an analytics department on that team, they're going to realize that he's getting crushed, crushed in possession playing as the other team's top pair. Where And he's somehow, I don't say somehow, but he's like, he's at this point is barely managing his expected goals output. But like, 
it's the same player, but now you're getting less production, which is what we talked about would happen the second you took him off that power play. And the value is going down on that player. But good luck. Good luck. Then you're going to get the GM. He's like, and he's playing with such a strong defensive asset in Jake McCabe. (laughs) (laughs) Part of me, like, I want to be mad at McCabe because he's playing so poorly. But the other part, like, I don't know, like, he shouldn't be playing there. (laughs) Like, I I, kind of want to, in a way, give McCabe the benefit of the doubt because he shouldn't be playing in that role. But he's just so bad at it that I, I can't look past it. It's... Yeah, I'm not mad at McCabe. I'm mad at what this organization through two coaching staffs has like pretended McCabe is. Yeah. He's a nice third pair defenseman. Yeah, the kid must just say the most amazing things in the locker room. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, Because Phil Housley loved him. Kruger loves him. And I, I can't find any demonstrable reason why, like based on on-ice play, why they would love him. Because he throws like a big hit every five games is like what gets everybody. I mean, even in his, Russell, but even in his uh, junior days, wasn't he captain? And everyone said how he's such a great locker room president. Yeah, he was a captain of uh, the, the World Junior USA team. team. He's yeah. moraled his Howley's way. Team. It was Howley's World Junior team. Yes, yeah. it was. He's literally moraled his way to a to an NHL career. <laughs> it's great. Gergens has done the same thing. I think he's just like ghosted his way into an NHL career. Uh, yeah, right. he, was, he was an all star, Bill. Calm down. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's Lafayette's sweetheart. <laughs> after after this podcast, I really should be reeling it back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the power play. Joshua Keller wants to know what do you guys think the Sabres need to do to fix the power play, especially when it seems like the Sabres are doing a handful of things that successful power plays do, that they're picky mm. and waiting for their shot. Yeah, I think I kind of mentioned it a little bit with getting you know, the puck to Darlene down low. Oh, not Darlene, I'm sorry. It's a Reinhardt down low. I, I think that, you know, Ryan Stimson has written numerous stuff about it, and he even had a, uh, you so know. a little below the net, doesn't he? Right, yeah. To kind of basically run an inverted 1-3-1, run it below the net. Um, and I know during the Ottawa Analytics Conference that was just last weekend, he kind of talked about it too. So, again, do something different and see if it works for you. you. You can mix it up. You you can do both. You know, you're allowed to, believe it or not. So try that. They won't, but that's my suggestion. Yeah, the only thing I'd add to that is, and it's kind of a minor thing that I, I can't really back up statistically right now because the, the tracking data is not really ready for it yet. It's too early, but I'd like to them to kind of fix how they enter the zone on the power play. I think it's broken. Um, I, I didn't love how they did it under Housley, but I actually think their zone entry on the power play was better under Housley. Um, so I'd like them to do it to adjust a little bit in that regard, uh, find a way to get better controlled entries on the power play. But uh, other than that, um, well, what Chad said, getting it to Reinhardt down low seems like the most uh, ready solution. You know what I mean? Uh, plug and play solution to that issue. So I guess the uh, the news of the day. I guess we'll get to those questions. Do we really think that Bogo actually plays uh, forward tomorrow? I hope so, so I can yell about it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. But I, I do think – well, I think he even said as much. They're going to go 11 and 7. So we'll see what they do. Um, I don't think Bogosian's going to play tomorrow, but um, I, I think I think they'll go some sort of 11 and 7 mix, getting Miller back in, basically, and go 11 and 7 and see how that goes for them. All right. Narrator voice, it did not go well. (laughs) (laughs) And Brandon Kelly with that one. So, jumping back to the coach still. 
Ben, other than the early PDO bender, is there any real evidence Kruger has outperformed Harsley to this point? Saboka in their first pair usage are all past sins. He seems to have a negative effect on Darlene. Aside from splitting last year's first line, is there any real progress that you can see? No, I mean, I could have talked about it, giving you like the, the numbers in the beginning. Like, it's the exact same. Like nothing, Literally, in the exact same spot and expected goals for per 60 in, like in, in the league. You're you're actually lower, but you're in the same spot. You're better in expected goals against per sixty by like barely, but again, you're 18th in the league and you're 28th in the league. Like you're the same thing, and you only have to get players in a team that scores. So it's, it's actually the same thing. Power play has died. Penalty kill isn't that good. Goaltending is is iffy. So same same thing. Same thing. Different coach. One of the things that Ben listed as as a positive there was splitting up the first line, but he split it up the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like, yes and no. (laughs) You know, I would kind of make an argument at this point, like, just go all in. I I would honestly just put all three on their own line. The only three that drive off and score, give each one of them their own line and see how that goes for you. I'm in. Why not? They Why won't not? again. They won't because they don't change anything. They've been that first line together since night one. And Victor Olsen, like I, yesterday, was the first was the first time I think I've yelled at Olsen out loud on the TV. It was late in the third period. Reinhardt, I think it was Reinhardt, the puck on the wall, and Olsen was standing like in a high slot, just standing there with a Blackhawk guy next to him. And Reinhardt's looking to get the puck, somebody, and going back and forth, and he's just standing there with a the guy right next to him. Move, dude! You're not open. Like move. Like do something. Like he just. I, it's just, it's just a simple thing, and he literally just stood there. And Reinhardt tried to like go back down low to Eichel, and I think he got picked off because nobody did nobody moved. Everyone just stood there. The two defensemen just stood there. I think it was McKay Brisselinen and Olsen just stood there on Eichel's below the net, and nothing happened. Olsen's just like well in Rochester, I just stood in this one spot, and people got. <laughs> like, what do you guys want from me? <laughs> right, pretty much. He's like, oh no, guys. I'm- Really, just a less code leak. Like you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to see a backhand power or a shootout goal then. Well, yeah, and then true. I'll give him that pass. <laughs> so to the unfortunate news, but we do have two questions on it. Uh, hmm. With the Oposa news being out of Devilly with a concussion, his fourth in three years, B. Chalks wants to know how likely to do we think he returns at all. Arguably, been a really pleasant surprise in the forward group this year, but three and four has to raise some real questions about his future. I mean, if it was up to me as a life decision, I, I wouldn't. Um, he's a competitor. He's a hockey player. We'll see. But I like think you said, I mean, that what, four and th- – is it three and four years or four and three years, whatever it was? Four just three years. Yeah, like, dude, like <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I'll be surprised if he comes back anytime soon, but we'll see. But I, I don't know. I, I think he's really got to gotta think about that one. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, six million dollars is a lot of money, but at some point you got to start. You know, I mean, way, way in the cost. Him on long-term injury reserve, and he'll still get his money. Most teams. That's do true. That. So That's true. Like he's gonna lose that money or anything. Yeah. And and we're talking like super low stakes, but I mean, you know, as as a former boxer, which <laughs> who is not making six million a year, um, one concussion and and I was done because there's just so much intel out there. There's so much knowledge out there about the long-term effects of that and. Me personally, nothing terrifies me more. Um, I think that's like the scariest potential yeah. outcome for someone who's had a head injury. So, um, like you said, what he I, went through too in his past, right? And, and like not even comparable, right? I had a headache for a few days. That dude was hospitalized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. If 
in in his in his shoes, I, I would definitely be hanging him up. I'd have hang, hung him up two concussions ago, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of the same thing. I'm surprised he came back when that one put him in the hospital. I, yeah, I can't imagine he comes back from this one. Um, Dad, Charles Earl Goodwick the third. I'd like to know if you have a Western Conference forward update. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. I just wanted to sneak the name in there. Yes, the Sabres are trading for Derek Grant, prolific goal scorer. Right. <laughs> or he'll come yeah. back and not score a goal in 25 games. I mean, if, if you want, like. But he'll be great on the penalty kill. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Grant. Gone long. from angry to just hysterical. <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh. No, but I don't. If you want, like, I don't know, like, like Minnesota is out there with Kevin Fiala and Ryan Donato. Maybe do a Fiala. Like, I, I see how that goes. I mean, to Foley, too. Like, that's there. Like, just do something, but they won't. I don't know. I, I had no update. It's, it's the same. I'm hearing the same things I've heard before that we're working hard to get it done. Rest of conference forward is the focus, and we'll see what happens here. I actually just want him to trade Erod for a defenseman so the universe collapses in on itself. <laughs> Man, all right. Let's make this the last one. There's a lot, but we touched on a lot. So, Zach Kaliski, you want something positive. Is there mm-hmm. a reason to be optimistic at all? Give me something. Tell me another play over score, maybe. Tell me I won't have to see 1955 turn it over all year. Please lie to me. Well, I mean, I'm positive they're terrible. Uh <laughs> well no he said something positive <laughs> that's, that's a fair point I, I guess i took it too literally um i guess word your questions uh, right? talk talk <laughs> this is really on you man no um, <laughs> something positive uh jack eichel is going to eclipse 100 points in my opinion which He's is on pace for 53 goals yeah so that's positive that's cool <laughs> yeah the savers are going to score 54 more goals all year <laughs> Sam Harrison have 75 points and I don't know, maybe they'll We're going the wrong way, Chad. I, I was I was gonna get to negative things, but I just thought myself. So we'll save that conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um Yeah, uh Darlene can only go up from here. Hugo Pekka Lukanen <laughs> looks really awesome. Yeah. Rochester keeps winning games even though all their players are hurt in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crazy thing is the last couple of years really haven't had injuries. No. Yeah. And the funny, <laughs> the funny part is like the hockey gods are getting Jason Brattle for his comment. Like, you know, they get, I don't want to make any trades. Now we have a lot of games here and some defensemen could get hurt. And then like, all right, mister, I'll show you. I'm going to hurt all your forwards. <laughs> Literally all of them. Right. And the funny thing is he's going to use that as like a weird confirmation bias. Like, see, injuries got to keep all these D in case this happens to the defense. <laughs> Okay, play. I'll play John Miller and or John Gilmore and Zach Bogosian in the fourth line. We'll get through. Rasmus At this Rasmus point, Sunday. some guy off the street named John Miller has a better chance of cracking it <laughs> than Pilot. Uh, poor, poor Lawrence Pilot. I feel I do, bad for I him. I do enjoy, enjoy watching him make good plays in Rochester, though. He really is our second best left-handed defenseman. That's what's mm-hmm. messed up. I feel and bad for Tage, too. The injury was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah that Tage was yeah. a tough break. That sucked. Yeah. I don't know. Aspen was cool, I guess. He looks all right. There's some more positivity for you. He looked better in the NHL than he has in the AHL. <laughs> that's the funny part. That's true. Actually, yeah. that is true. He looks better than he did in the preseason. I mean, 
I forget who it was on Twitter who had this weird narrative last year. Like sometimes guys are like better in the NHL than they are in the AHL. I'm like, what? Like that's not true. That's not a thing. But apparently Rasmus Asplund is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of can buy that a little bit because maybe maybe you have those guys who play up or down to the talent kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Up to the better talent. And I guess in a way, maybe they play it at the pace of the game. Hmm. Like to play better with, you know, and they'll play quicker and smarter against the bigger pace. And then, like, you know, Fair maybe, maybe like Alex Nylander, Nylander if I'm stumbling, is maybe that kind of player. Hmm. I, I think he always played better in Buffalo than he did in Rochester. And uh-huh. say what you want hmm. about Nylander. I mean, he's had an, he an okay start, at least with Chicago. And I thought he was okay, you know, Sunday night. I mean, he had a few nice plays, a nice rush at one point, too. So. I mean, I'll never be mad about that trade because Henry Okihara was awesome, but he is awesome. That's positive. Hey, wait, wait. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got it. We got one, guys. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they were kind of just riffing here at the end. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw in here before we cut out? And I think they both play like five games this week, too. Yeah, they, they play five games next, next week, week. And then I think it's like nine in 15 days or something crazy. Yeah, Minnesota, Boston, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday, Florida, Monday, Tampa, Wednesday, Calgary, home and home, Friday, Saturday, Toronto. Yeah, you literally have five yep. games in seven days. Good God, that schedule. Yikes. When does Marner get back? He's not going to be back for that series at the end of the month, is he? God, I hope not. I don't think so. I don't know, man. Things are bleak. Bleak. I, I can't even I – don't, I don't even know the words. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to end this. And, uh, make, a trade, make a trade, Jason. Yeah, make a trade. Do something, <laughs> do something <laughs> Jason. Just sign off with the Darcy Gear quote. The hope tank's pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Darcy did tell us we were going to have suffering like 15 years ago. So, <laughs> what an asshole! Little did we, <laughs> <laughs> little did we know how prophetic that would be. Maybe he has to like say, "Okay, the suffering's over for the end." Isn't he yeah, in like right. Arizona? He's, 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 he's got to take the pin out of the <laughs> terrible voodoo doll. <laughs> Oh, you guys didn't know it's under the desk, under like the second <laughs> shelf of the desk. You gotta pull that out. Oh yeah, I forgot I left that there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we're we'll getting to the spiel here at the end. The curse can only be lifted when they rehire Lindy Ruff as head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be such a regular thing to do. <laughs> oh man, God. <laughs> you ever look at Rangers Twitter about Lindy Ruff? How much they hate him? Oh, Rangers yeah. fans hate Lindy Ruff. For yeah, the passion. It's so funny. You got an interview last year, though. Don't forget that had sure Terry Pagula written all over it. It sure did. It sure <laughs> did. Maybe Pagula knows. It was like Jason. Maybe you should interview Lindy Ruff. Like, just see how I goes. know of this guy who happened to be really good, and I <laughs> love nostalgia. So begs the question: Why Pommetville's not back then? <laughs> right. <laughs> I never liked that he had dual citizenship. Pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Right. Sign Let's us off before this gets worse. Please, please, <laughs> please put us out of our misery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So make sure you're following uh, us on Twitter at BTB Hockey uh, and continue to send in the questions, whether they're happy or, ba- or mad or sad or whatever you want them to be. Um, you know, it, it's good to drive a conversation. So we appreciate those. Keep those coming. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Chandra Sports, Bill at Bill Shockey, uh, myself at CMD Domenesis. Making sure, make sure you subscribe, rate, share on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, 
in anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Um, make sure to check out Die by the Blade for your Cerebus content and where you can find this podcast as well. And hang in there. We're we're trying. You know, we're we're there's some people like I think there's one or two people so they they can't they can't bring themselves to listen to this episode. Well, just hang in there with us. Maybe you know some group therapy is always good. You hear some people yell and. You know, I mean, it, it helps. I'm, I'm, in, I'm admittedly in a little bit of a better mood after this podcast is ending now than it was in the beginning. So, you know, that goes somewhere, I guess. So maybe, maybe listening, you'll be in a worse mood, and then I apologize for that. Um, so yeah, that that's it for this week. Hopefully, hopefully they make it stop, and we don't have to keep having these conversations and these episodes because on November. I'll tell you every year it feels like it, it moves up and starting these sort of episodes on November 18th does not spell good news for the rest of the season. <laughs> so uh, no, let's try to, let's try to not do that and maybe get some wins in here because that was fun for a couple of weeks while that happened. So for Chad, Bill, Anthony, we are out of here this week. Thank you very much for listening and a lot of hockey games this week and we'll see where we are next week. Talk to you later. See ya.